Hello and welcome to the Fantasy National Golf Club. This is Nice Shot Pods, featuring Rhino, the Moose, and Paul. Filling in for Tractor this week, we have the PGA DFS GOAT himself, Mr. Pat Mayo. We play Mayo versus the Palmanac. We discuss Pat's weekly process on Fantasy National. We build 43K lineups, play one and done, and Fantasy Nassau. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Nice Shot Pods presented by Fantasy National Golf Club, the ultimate stat database that allows you to make your own picks, whether it's for betting or fantasy golf purposes. Become a member today and save 20% by going to fantasynational.com slash pods. This week we'll be discussing the Genesis Open out in sunny Los Angeles, California. Tractor is out this week, but I am joined as always with my pods, Rhino and Paul. How you guys doing? Fantastic. Doing great, Moose. Thanks. And we got a very special guest. He's Fantasy National Golf Club member number two. He was recently awarded the Viewer's Choice Award at the Fantasy Sports Gaming Association for Broadcaster of the Year. Also recently won awards for Fantasy Sports Writers Association for DFS and Golf Writer of the Year. Mr. Patrick Mayo, how you doing, bud? Hey, thanks for having me. Your mantles must be getting kind of cluttered with all these awards you've been winning here. <laughs> Well, they haven't quite sent me the awards yet, so around, like, May, then, you know, I'm going to have to invest in a new shelf. Do they give you, like, a placeholder? Like, a little pl- piece of paper that you can kind of put up in, in advance? No, they just put it on the internet and spelled my name wrong. So, hopefully, when it comes, it has the proper spelling. How do you misspell Pat May? Uh, you, you put a Y where the T goes in Pat. Now, I do like the mantra of Pay Mayo, <laughs> but, you know, people may get confused. Pat... I'm sure you're aware we kind of like to start off each episode with kind of a fun little icebreaker to get us going before we dive into the goods. Because you're probably one of the best sports almanac minds I know, outside of possibly our very own Paul, who we call the Palmanac from time to time, <laughs> we thought we'd play a little game and it'd be kind of a Jeopardy game. So what the way it's going to work is that all the answers are going to have either Paul or Pat in the answer. There's going to be categories of golf or pop culture questions so disclaimer i'm not a pop culture guy so if i get one of those questions i'm hosed they're pretty easy okay so the way that i thought we'd do this is since pat you're the guest we'll let you pick which category first so jordan's going to be reading the questions and i'll be watching for who like raises their hand first and i'll call on who gets to answer it if you don't if you answer correctly you get a point and you get to pick the next category. If you get it wrong, the other guy has a chance for a steal. So there's no harm in answering incorrectly? We can create harm. <laughs> well, I mean, if I answer and get it wrong... The other guy gets to steal for double. How's that sound? Or pass, because they don't want to get it wrong. Something okay. like that. We'll figure it out. It's not really about the story, and it's about the game itself. Okay. <laughs> Are you ready, Rhino? Yeah, I'm ready to rock. Just dig right in. Okay, let's go. Okay, so Pat, you get to choose first. Pop culture or golf? Pop culture. I took my hand by saying I suck at pop culture. There you so. go. This University of Kansas Jayhawk alum likes to slap at the base and cheer on our Kansas City Chiefs. He has seemingly not aged a year since his breakout role in Clueless. Pat. Paul Rudd. <laughs> that is correct. That is correct. Okay, you get to choose the next category. Pop culture. <laughs> Voted People Magazine's 1991 Sexiest Man Alive, this classically trained ballerina was also known for working the door at the Double Deuce, robbing banks with the ex-presidents, and keeping Baby out of the corner. Pat. 
Patrick Swayze. Correct again. Two for two. Oh. See, I should have had more pop culture questions. <laughs> All right, golf. How about that? That sounds like fun. Now we're talking. All right. Winner of the 1993 PGA Championship and famously created the pod system for the U.S. Ryder Cup. <sighs> Pat Mayo, Paul Azinger. This is correct. This is a this is a bloodbath, Paul. I did know that one, but he just beat me to it. You need to get out in front of it. Okay. We'll do golf again. There we go. Winner of the 2017 Shriners in Las Vegas in a three-way playoff over Alex Cheka and Wee Kim. Those pampered fucks. <laughs> oh, Patrick Cantley is the answer. Yes, it is. Good job. Wow. This is why he's got all way the to, Way to represent Paul's <laughs> Pop the act. In all fairness, Paul is talking about as much as he does in a normal episode. This is anyways. true. Jeez. Okay, this is right up Cito's alley. This six foot four actor, model, singer, songwriter, and drag queen burst onto the scene with his 1993 hit, Supermodel. Pat again. RuPaul. This is correct. That's oh, correct. Boom. That's, that was a trick question. Let's go. Let's go back to golf. Okay. These two. This is a double pointer. These two LPGA players have over ten professional wins each. So there's two people. There's two. Right. But if you get one right, you get one point. If you only know one. You know what I just also realized is that Paul's frozen on my screen, so I can't see when he's. <laughs> that must be. That was why. That's what it is. <laughs> I actually did that time. Okay, we'll let we'll let Paul go here. It sounds like cheating. Mm-hmm. Paula Creamer. Correct. Pat Bradley. She's probably got way more than ten wins. Now they think if she it. does, then then you're good because the other answer was Pat Hurst. We're gonna count it. He's on the board. Say your name is your buzzer, right? Okay, okay. Let's stick with golf. I'm I'm on fire. Okay, here we go. Hide your wallets, gang. When this young man turned ten years Paul. old, he decided to stop wearing shorts in golf tournaments because it's not something tour pros do. Paul Patrick Reed. That is correct. We got a barn burner. What do we got? Four to three, Mayo. I believe it's five to two. Five yeah, to I've two. Only two. We can switch back to pop culture. Uh, uh, five to three because uh, Paul had a double pointer. Oh. Pop culture? Yeah. Okay. This American television personality has had the same day job for nearly 39 years. In, two in 2012, he in, in an interview, he confessed that he and Vanna would like to toss back two, three, six margaritas prior to taping. <laughs> Uh, I'll go with Pat's Ajax. <laughs> that is correct. And what an afternoon, too. Uh, let's stick with pop culture. We're all out of them. All right, golf then. Good choice. Okay, there we go. <laughs> Trailing by 10 shots going into Sunday, this man benefited most from Jean Vandevelve's monumental collapse in the 1999 Paul. Open. Shot 67, but will always be remembered for Jean Vandevelve. Paul. Paul Laurie. This is correct. Correct. Six to four. I don't have a choice. Golf, yeah, right? This is, yeah. <laughs> he will be looking for his third consecutive win at the Valspar Championship Pat. coming up. Ugh. Go for it, Mayo. Paul Casey. Correct. Nice. More golf. Famously appeared on the cover of Golf Digest wearing yoga pants and a sports bra. Paulina Gretzky. Correct. More golf. This fan favorite has three PGA Tour wins. His two most recent wins were played outside of the United States. Recently built a home in his new in his new home to display his collection of Air Jordans, even though this man does not look like he's jumped since the late 90s. Air Jordans. Oh, Paul. Go for it. Pat Perez? Boom. Correct. It's 7-6. We, we do have a tight one going here. Uh, between 1958 and 1964, he won every Masters tournament held in an even-numbered year. 5868 64. A Masters? Yes. Go, Pat. Is it Arnold Palmer? Bingo. Oh, wow. <laughs> nice stretch, guys. Is there a Paul in his name? It, at least it's not like Stuart Appleby. <laughs> 
<laughs> that would have been a stretch. Oh. Okay, do we have one more here? He went six extra holes with James Hahn. James Hahn to win the 2018 Sony Open in Hawaii. Oh, Pat. Pat and Kazire. That is correct. Well done. We've got a winner. Take a walk with the legend as Pat walks us through his weekly process on Fantasy National after this brief detour. Oh, yeah. First of all, Pat, I forgot to congratulate you and all of Canada for Nick Taylor's win last week. Was was that pretty exciting for everyone up north there? Oh, yeah. We, we were all just you know glued to the TVs watching the worst tournament of the year. <laughs> you <laughs> didn't like it? It is the single worst tournament every single season. Because it's so slow and you don't like celebrity golf shots? Uh, I prefer to see golf shots. So, I mean, even if they were just showing celebrity after celebrity, that would be nice. But we need to take time out to interview people. And like, no, like, it's just horrendous. Did you see Larry the Cable Guy's bunker shot? Uh, the backstop bunker shot? <laughs> yeah. It was great. Smart, savvy move. Was it just me? I thought it was actually better. Maybe it's not saying much. I actually thought coverage was a little better this year. I felt like they showed a little more of the professionals. Well, that's because Kenny G's not playing this <laughs> yeah, year. Yeah, my guy, Kenny. Or Danny Gans. <laughs> Too soon? Uh, he's been dead for a while. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think it helped with the field, too. And, I mean, you had kind of the cream rising to the crop to the top at the end, right? But nobody could hit a freaking green, it seemed, for like that. Not pass. on Sunday. Good God, no. Yeah, it got a little bit painful. Pat, since since we started this show, which we famously said that we're trying not to be the hardcore DFS show, people got the, the Patrick Mayo experience that they can go check out anytime if they're looking for that. And one of the things that we've heard is people want to hear a little bit more about Fantasy National, how people use the tools and stuff. And so I thought, what better opportunity with the one guy who definitely uses the site probably more than anyone to kind of hear about your process week in, week out. Where do you start each week when when the tournament's kicking off? Well, first off, I change from last week's tournament to this week's tournament. Always a good help. Hmm. Sets everything up, course breakdown, tournament history, resets everything. Because I'm usually doing like the in the in play live leaderboard, so I always have it set to like you know showdown day four DraftKings because I was looking that stuff up. So it's a quick switch. I go back and just I kind of scan the field to see who's in it. I always sort by strokes gain total. It always comes up as the default of last fifty rounds. So just to get a sense of like who's been playing well over the past little bit. It's tough right now though because we're so early in the season that like if you do fifty rounds. It probably dates back to, like, last June. For certain players, it's not the greatest. Like, Sergio's in the field this week, and I don't think he's played since the FedEx Cup playoffs in a shot-link tournament on the PGA Tour. He's been playing, but just not in those events. So his strokes gain metrics go back farther than you'd want. So strokes gain total is a good way to see that, because it has all of the tournaments that even don't have shot-link. So it's a nice way to see who's been playing well. Then I tend to check out, I click on someone who was in last year's tournament, and go back and look at the strokes gain leaderboard to see how did people do it? How did they get there? Did you know? Did JB Holmes win because he gained over eight strokes putting? Yes, would be the answer to that question. <laughs> did Siwoo Kim come in third because he gained over seven? Yes, would be the answer. So what happened there? But generally speaking, out of like the top fifteen, what predominant skill set? What area did they do well? So that I get a sense of that. I go to the course breakdown, and since we're at Riviera this week, it actually has. Strokes gained for, you know, the allocation. How much of the impact was made from off the tee through approach around the green? Is it a balanced type of week? Is it going to be long approaches? So I just try to build up as much as I can get. So I even go back two, three years and look at the strokes gained leaderboard. I like the tournament history tab too. So I can see the guys that have been doing really well at this tournament over the years. 
over the past five years? Have they made the cut, you know, three or four years? Do they have like spike finishes and miscuts? Is there some sort of degree of variance to them? So I just try to accumulate as much information as possible. And then I go to the custom stat model and I have a stat model for every single tournament saved that I use every single year. So I just load that in and just quickly hit it to see what it spits out. Then I just kind of look at the ranking, see if there's anything surprising. And then I use the time machine and go back and back test it to see how it did last year, how it would have done in 2018 to see if I need to tweak it or not, or if I was just an idiot. And it told me, hey, you should play this guy. And I was like, that's stupid. I'm not going to do that. And it turns out I should have. <laughs> Question for you, too. So you said that the first thing that you do when you get in is look at you sort by last 50 strokes gain total. Is there a reason that you do that as opposed to going to strokes gain T to green for last 50 just to kind of see who's playing? Because I know you're a big proponent of play guys who've not been putting well lately because but have been hitting their approach and tee shot well. Yeah, it's only because I'm not sure, like, because we just went through the swing season and so many of those are non-shot link courses, is that it's drawing information that I don't want to see. So if I do past 50 rounds, like if I click on, let's see, past 50 rounds right now and click on, let's let's say Sergio was the example I used. So it's going to be interesting to see how far back his last 50 rounds actually go. Because I don't want to look so far back that it's like you know, two years ago when I was looking at it. So that's why I like the little like the rounds next to where the hell are you? So 7,800 bucks on DraftKings. That's not bad for Sergio. So I click on it. And if I go back T to green, I have the 2018 RBC Canadian Open as the 50th round. So that's over. That's basically two years ago. So I don't really want to see that, but now I'm looking for the stuff that would have been included in strokes gain total. He has WGC China, the Zozo, the CJ Cup. All those would be counted towards total, but where there is no shot length, there's no strokes gain data. So that's a perfect example, especially the, you know when we have all these multi-course tournaments, we're not getting strokes gained approach or anything, but you can always figure out strokes gain total as long as you have a round-by-round score. Exactly. Do you, do you ever use the simulator at all for betting purposes? I, I do later in the week. Generally, when I write my column and do my betting show, the simulator isn't out yet. So <laughs> it becomes a thing where I, I have a pretty good sense of what the simulator likes. I tend to go back and look at last year's to see what it spit out and even go back and look at last week's to see, well, I know this course isn't necessarily the same, but you know, if guys write out well in the simulator, we see over time players like Lonto Griffin, that type of guy, ends up doing quite well. Even last week. Nick Taylor ranked incredibly high in the simulator. Even when I did my key stats and looked at it, like my main one was 350 to 400 yard par fours. There were a ton of them. I believe he was third in that category. And he was one of those guys that I looked at. I was like, Nick Taylor, he sucks. I'm not going to use him. Damn it, the simulator knew it. The stat knew it. I just had a hard time believing it. Yeah, Nick Taylor was the 12th most likely to win in the Fantasy National Simulator last week at 60 to 1. Now, the books were paying 160 to 1. So definitely some value there. Now, this is interesting. I went back and looked and saw that if you placed a single unit bet on the top five most likely to win players in the Fantasy National Simulator each week dating back to the PGA Championship, you'd be up 191 units at this point. It's not bad. No, but the catch to that is had you just started that at 
the Tournament of Champions this year, you'd be down 11 units. So we got really hot kind of towards through the fall swing season. It had Kevin Na, which would have paid 71. Ches Revi, which would have paid 66 to 1. Joaquin Neiman at 22 to 1. Sebastian Munoz at 55 to 1. And Lanto Griffin at 45 to 1. So that's where a lot of that's coming from. But that, that would lead me to believe that the simulator actually works best in weaker fields. Yes. You know what? And I think that makes a lot of sense because especially in tougher fields too, where you've got so many guys that can potentially win it that... Yeah, well, well, and it also goes with the same thing too, where you have all of these top-end talent, like even looking at it this week, like uh, if I scroll down just a little bit and I have someone like, I don't know, let's say Francesco Molinari, who has basically no chance of winning this tournament per the simulator, which I completely agree with. But if he won, he's still like a semi-elite player. You wouldn't be blown away. Like Xander Scheifele, like his, his odds market is 22 to 1. I think he can win this week. But where he's been struggling on holes from this distance as of recently, like he's 200 to 1 per the simulator. But if he won, you wouldn't be super stunned because he's an elite talent. And there's so many elite guys here this week that the ones that have been playing poorly coming in, if they won, you wouldn't be surprised. But the simulator's not going to pick up on that, where there are so many players that possess so much of the win equity this week that it's really hard to parse. But if you go to like Sanders and Farms, where it's telling you, hey, all these guys are kind of equivalent talent. Here's who's been hot recently. That tends to pay itself out a bit more uh, because you don't have the very high-end skill sets like we see this week. Like, Tiger's, like, 20th on this list. Like, I don't think he's going to win, but, you know, Tiger could win. How about you guys? You guys have any thoughts on Tiger this week while we're while we're talking about him, Jordan? Well, he's never won here, right? And he's got to be kind of, he's got host duties, right? He does. And he technically, I, I believe I saw that he has more missed cuts here than he does top tens. Yeah. He kind of he kind of got in contention last year on Saturday afternoon, if I remember correctly. He kind of had a hot, hot start to his third round. I think they were delayed a little bit last year, but so he finished 15th last year. But all things considered, he claims he loves the core suits his eye great he just hasn't been able to perform but i'm not going to say he he will win but you know it wouldn't shock me i think just who tiger is i mean i feel like eventually he's gonna gonna conquer this course and win at some point but i don't think anybody's gonna be like blown away if tiger wins everybody's like i didn't see that happening in a million years let's break down the genesis open and the riviera country club uh, winners over the past five years. Last year was JB Holmes, who put lights out. 2018 was Bubba. 17 was DJ. Bubba again in 16 and James Hahn in 15. Pat, can we get a Hahn from you? Uh, I don't want to wake up the baby, Moose. I'm sorry. Okay, no worries. That's <laughs> all right. Uh, notables here. Uh, JT was second last year. T9 the year before that. Jason Kokrax made the cut in each of the last five years here. Rose has three top 20s in his four starts dating back to 2012. Of course, the 7,300 yards, par 71. Uh, first hole's a par five. That's the only one on the front. You got two par fives on the back. Poa greens, they're typically fast, running about 12 on the stint meter. Lots of waste areas and bunkers. This week, my key stats are three putt avoidance, sand saves gained, approach shots from 150 to 200 plus, so that whole range in proximity. T to green course history, POA putting, and good drives gain. So I've got a huge, massive model going this week. Pat, what am I missing here? Uh, I mean, you've basically covered everything, so <laughs> that works. I mean, you, all, all the stats are key. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Play golf. <laughs> Uh, I went with ball striking uh, more than anything else. So I weighted that very heavily. So I'm going to combine off the tee along with approach. Just when you, I, I think about this course and I think back to the players that have done really well, you have like your two different skill sets. Like 
every now and then you'll get your Kevin Nas and Adam Hadwins who've played well at this course. But if you're a shorter hitter, the distance of your iron shots on your approaches, just there's no room for error on them. Like you're going to be hitting four irons in or hybrids in to a lot of these par fours. Like you say it's 7,300 yards, but you know, number 10 is like 300 yards. The two, two of the par fives are like 500 yards. So it actually plays a whole lot longer than the actual scorecard will tell you. There's what is it, six or seven par fours that are over 450 yards? So just the degree of difficulty for these shorter hitters is really small. And just look at the winners. You just name them out. Bubba's won three of the past six years. DJ, JB Holmes. Like, it, I mean, there is an advantage to a left-hander here because Bubba's won three times. Phil's won twice. Mike Weir has won at this course twice in the early 2000s. So all that stuff leads me to believe you have your other guys like Sergio and Casey who typically play well here. Justin Thomas. Like these are all just supreme elite ball striking type guys. So I really wanted to wait that. Uh, I have a, just a touch of around the green here. The one problem is that this seems like a very specialized course. Like I think it's biggest comp. Like, if you compare leaderboards, Quail Hollow and Riviera tend to have a lot of overlap between them. But a lot of people who have won here have won at the Masters as well. Shot shaping is very similar at Riviera than it is to Augusta. And just the familiarity, the experience working on the greens and around the greens, the green complexes at Riviera are pretty unique. Like Bubba sucks around the greens, but he doesn't suck around the greens here. He's actually quite good. So I think there is a little bit of that that goes in it because the green regulation rate is super low. Uh, fairways hit is super low. These are very narrow fairways. So those two things in particular, I really want to put in. I did want to wait ball striking a little bit more because you're going to make more birdies hitting greens and having to get it up and down all the time. And then driving distance. Just, I waited that pretty heavily, just pumped it up in the machine. I want to take guys that bomb it out there. Like, I think the margin of error on their approach shots is much easier because they're going to be hitting it from a whole lot closer. Jordan, what's your take on Riviera? How do I follow that? <laughs> He's, it's, we got trophy guy here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, that's why I volunteered you instead of myself. So. Yeah, there you go. I mean, I, I, you know, I think when it comes to Riviera, this is one of the classic LA designs. You've got scoring opportunities on one and ten, and you kind of hold on tight. The the par fives are going to wait. I I agree with Pat. I think it it always comes down to guys who can hit it long and straight. Adam Scott kind of rises to my list of guys who might fly under the radar. I think Tiger is going to get some press. I don't know if he's going to be able to hold up. I, I'm loving DJ this week. He just seems to kind of keep putting himself out there. So Pat, what do you think? about quickly uh, courses like this when you look and you see that guys who finish well here gain most of their strokes on the putt, you know, on the greens. Does that just scare you? No, I think it adds a degree of variance to it, but both times that we've seen kind of wonky off-the-board winners in the past five years, JB and James Hahn, like, it's been a weather shit show. Like, all, basically, the third and fourth round were both played on Sunday last year because the weather was too bad on Saturday. And the year that James Hahn won was just, it was mucked up. I think the final score was minus six, and he beat DJ and Casey in a playoff. So it's one of these things where the elite players are going to rise if conditions are good. They're going to be able to score. So you know you have to make some hard choices, whether you're betting, whether you're playing on DraftKings this week. Like, you can't just play everyone. I kind of look at it like, I love Justin Thomas. I like John Rob more. Tiger doesn't hit it far enough for me. Like, he's 74th in driving distance in this field over the past 36 rounds. I acknowledge Tiger is probably the best iron player in this field. He's the best on those holes from that key range, 450 to 500. Something else I actually threw into the model as well. 
But, you know, Rom's third there. Give me the guy who's top 25 in driving distance over a guy who's in, like, the bottom third in driving distance. It just feels like that's going to be easier for John Rom over time. Like, Dustin's a must-play. Bubba's probably going to win because it's every other year, and he didn't win last year. And he's playing great coming in, to be perfectly honest with you. So I think I would just load up those three guys at the top. Like, not having Rory is terrifying. Not having JT is terrifying. I like Cantley as well, but you know you can only squeeze so many of these guys in. Like, where are you going to pick and choose? And I think I'd just go Rom, I'd go Dustin, and I'd go Bubba for DraftKings betting wise. Bubba's twenty two to one. He has the best odds of that elite tier. Like, you get three Bubbas for a John Rom. I, I don't think that John Rom has a three times a better chance of winning this tournament. Yeah, Bubba's been playing well too here. So you know what? That gets us back to let's let's get out of this top tier because like you said, it's right now it's there's guys that you like and guys that you like more and you're just gonna have to make some decisions. I think a lot of the money this week's gonna be made down in that kind of middle range and we've got the forty three thousand salary cap challenge we've been doing. Uh we've been putting together some lineups. Jordan, you and I had a pretty decent show last week there. Not bad. I think we were top now, what twenty did you end after, up finishing like I, I yeah. think I was fifteenth or something like that that but I, I don't know how many guys cheated right we got crooks yeah i don't i never i actually never took him out because the guy who won didn't cheat so I was like, okay, okay so I probably we're won. good and his name was uh eager nop so he had a what? great lineup he had his <laughs> name eager nop that's uh, he it's that's his DraftKings handle i don't know okay. what his real name is he just sent me his twitter handle before we're setting him up with a free month doing that contest again Sweet. this week. Pat, had he entered that same lineup in your contest, the PME Open, he would have made $200. He had 501 points. Wow. Would have made 200 bucks in that lineup. So. He had to have Streelman, right? Yep, he had Streels and uh, and Taylor, obviously. A bunch of other guys I tweeted out earlier. You can go find that. Rhino, you want to go through your lineup first this week? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm sticking with my same sauce. I'm, I'm kind of liking going low or mid-tier, and then I want to get a guy who I think can win going through my group. Um, I don't know if I have two guys who can win, but you never know. It could be a slop fest. So um, guys named Taylor are, are all the rage right now, and Vaughn Taylor uh, was T20, T9 the last couple of years. So we're going with Vaughn. James Hahn, I really don't think he has a chance, but he did win here back in uh, 2015. Sounds like it was kind of a, a muck fest, but he was T25 in Phoenix, and I think he's a California guy. I like Lanto uh, at 6,800. I feel like that's a steal. He's he's playing well. I like him in all my head-to-head bets, and he's he's been cashing for me. So Then I got Andrew Landry for 6,300. He just won. Uh, do I think he can win? Probably not, but who knows? He just won in California, so he likes the the area. Uh, Patrick Rogers is a Stanford guy, so he's used to kind of that, the Polo Greens. Um, he's been like 15th through 25th the last few years. Uh, and I think he's got like nine of 13 cuts made. So all that, I'm going to, I'm not going to call it trash, but let's say value has left me mm-hmm. with about 10 grand left. So that's going to give me DJ. So I'm going oh, DJ. You're, really you're getting DJ in there? I get DJ. Yep. Ooh. Uh, nobody was over seven thousand, and then that gives me ten yeah. grand left to be right at forty three hundred. DJ, he's made a career. He could play this tournament every year and just still afford a Ferrari. <laughs> Paul, who who do you got in your your forty three thousand? So I just looked at mine. I finished eighty six last week, so top half. So my strategy's not terrible. So I'm going to kind of stick with it. I like to kind of 
My cap is kind of somebody around that 8,000 range who I think can win. Um, that week, uh, sorry, this week, that guy for me is Sung Um, cut machine, bunch of, bunch of good results. I, you know, like I said, I think he can win. Uh, going down 7,500, Max Homa and ride that hand. He's got three straight top 15s. Still think he provides pretty good value this week at that price. Uh, 7,300, I think I'm getting some really good value. Um, a guy I know. Our Euro Tour expert, Mr. Rhino, really likes to bounce back this year. Alex Norin, uh, he's got a T16 there. That was a hot take. All five of his starts this year so far, he's been T32 or better. So I think he's kind of trending the right way. Good ball striker. I think he fits this course. Um, 7,000, taking some risk. Guy who's really struggling, but still 24th in the world. Um, Francesco Molinari. So I feel like it's 7,000 bucks to get a guy with that much potential. Um, I'll take it. And the last couple, couple flyers, I'm going to go with uh, Mr. Cut Machine, 10 of 10, Denny McCarthy, 6,600. Um, and last, I'm going to take a guy who's kind of trending the right way, another good ball striker. Um, he's got a T15, T26 for the last two years. Uh, that's Luke List. Interesting. Pat, I'll let you go. I'll, I'll wrap this up here. I might not even have any guys left to mention. All right. So I think he was going to shape up to be like the chalkiest guy of the week. And maybe not because he was such a disaster in the final round last week. Paul Casey plays this tournament exceptionally well. If he can just figure out the putter a little bit, he should be fine. So he's 7,900. Then my next most expensive player, I, I call him the Byun-Hun Ann of the week. Guy, if he makes a few putts, he'll be there. Joaquin Neiman, he's only 7300 bucks. made the cut last year, lost four strokes putting at this tournament last year, so the ball striking's been on point for him, so he's in. Maybe maybe I'd go Morikawa over Casey. I'll have to think about that one. Either way, those are the first two. Talking about European tour, you want to take European Luke List, uh, who's actually a better putter and is playing way better. Eric Van Royen's only 7000 bucks. He's top 50 in the world, not 8,000th in the world, so let's go with him. Carlos Ortiz makes the cut here every single year. Plays really well on Poet and scores on these long par fours as well. Uh, he and Joel Damon, uh, the long par four specials. And Damon played really well at the Corollary Quail Hollow last year. Lost to Max Hama uh, by a few strokes coming down the stretch. Uh, just plays his long irons really well and hits a ton of fairways. He's one of those. He's not short, but he's a middle tier hitter who just has supreme accuracy. So I like him here. And Sung Kang, um, he destroyed my lineups last week. So I'm mad at him over that. But he's 4-4 four four cuts here. Uh, he's a very good ball striker. It's just, you know, if he misses a green, it's double bogey. So you have to hope he, he hits some gers this week. You, you confused me for there for a second. I thought you were saying there was another European player named Luke List. I was like, what? This is going to be really confusing. What this is going to do my database? Jesus. But Eric Van Royen's the, the European Luke List. University of Minnesota boy. Lives down the road. And in like Switzerland. No, it's funny. Van Royen was a guy that was having a hard time making the Minnesota State Open about six years ago. It, it, his career just took off. He always obviously had the game and the physique and like, you know, I, I think people threw dough at him to figure it out. And it was only a matter of time. But it's always just funny to see. I'm sure... Every town has a story just like this, every state, but it's like a guy that you kind of see come up through the ranks and you're like, well, he's going to be a, a superstar. And he peters out and, you know, he's 32 and doing nothing. Or it's the guy that just has a little little additional work ethic. And before you know it, he's, he's winning tournaments on Sunshine Tour and then he's on European Tour and he's winning tournaments there and he's top 100 in the world. So it's just funny. Funny. Okay. So here, here's my lineup. I think we got a lot of these mentioned. Uh Joel Damon or Damon, however we want to pronounce it, 6,500. He's already been covered. I got Adam Hadwin. We said he's 7,200. He kind of popped a lot of boxes, including sand saves, good drives, proximity in that over 200 plus range. I'm also on Denny McCarthy at 6,600. He's got 10 of 10 cuts made and 
doesn't really three putt all that often. Uh, Lanto, who was ninth last week and seventh at the Sony, taking some of him. Also a good sand saves guy. Uh, I had some money left over, so I went Bryson at 79. He checks most of the boxes again. Sand saves, tee to green. And then I went with Sungjae Im as well. I believe Paul did. And I guess my non-technical logic for that is I'm thinking that there's some good South Korean vibes with Parasite winning Best Picture and Best Director, <laughs> whatever, last last night. So we're going to go with a little Sungjae M to, to round out my lineup. I changed my lineup. <laughs> you changed your lineup already? Oh, yeah. Well, where did you go to now? <laughs> okay, so instead of taking Casey, who the hell did I take here? I took Sergio. $100 less, and I got rid of Kang, and I can upgrade Kang to someone in the low sevens. I'm really considering going Scotty Scheffler, just because of the distance, and he's been playing so mm-hmm. well. Uh, I do worry that, you know, his lack of experience here, but I mean, he's played ten times this year, he's four top tens. It's pretty, yeah, I'm gonna go with Scotty Scheffler. That puts me right underneath the cap. For everyone that's listening, Pat announced his original lineup, he's switched, maybe a good idea to go take his original lineup and pop that in there, and maybe you'll win a free month to FantasyNational.com. And if you don't, you can always join and save 20% by going to FantasyNational.com slash pods. That's P-O-D-S. Pat, any of those names that we mentioned that you absolutely hate? Because we're not guys who make picks for a living. We aren't doing this. You have strong opinions. Who are the names that you heard mentioned that you just wouldn't touch? I mean, I hate them all because they're all cheap. And this is not a tournament for cheap guys. This is the problem. Uh, so enough. you're just you're just kind of picking like who, who's going to be the best crap this week. Like because the par fives are so easy, and we saw this happen with Keith Mitchell last week at Pebbles, and he made so many goddamn eagles that like I think he finished T31, but was eighth in DraftKings scoring. Like waiting eagles gained every single week especially with two power fives that are quite gettable, is a way that you can enhance your DraftKings lineup, even if your guy finishes behind a little bit. Like Patrick Rear, uh, sorry, Bubba Watson is really the king of this. He'll come like T47, but he's like 21st in DraftKings scoring. You're like, how the hell did that happen? It's like, oh, we had four eagles to go along with four double bogeys, but it's better than eight pars is the way you need to look at it. No, that's interesting stuff. Oh, I'm going to change my lineup again. <laughs> okay, love it. Let's do it. Over Sergio? No, I, I think I can get down to Bubba. Like, Sam Burns is someone I've been eyeing for a bit. He really screwed me in Phoenix. Uh, he was like four under, and then he got to 17 and, make a tri- and made a triple bogey, ended up missing the cup by one. But he got himself through at the Farmers. Generally, you only want to play him on Bermuda, because that's where he gains all of his strokes putting. But he's like neutral, other than that. But just kind of digging into him a little bit, like, when you look at his driving distance in this field, he's 12th. He's top 20 on those that key par 4 range. Now, his irons are kind of trash, but lately, if you go look at what he's been doing, I know that we only had the one-round sample from the American, or the two-round sample from the American Express, but he gained almost three strokes putting that or on approach that week. He came sixth. At the Farmers, he gained 2.3 strokes on approach. He missed the cut in Phoenix, so two rounds of play gained four strokes on approach. His biggest issue is that he cannot get up and down. Like, it is... It's terrifying how bad he is around the greens. But he's only 6,200 as well. Like, he is one of those guys because of his distance and per five acumen and the way that he generates eagles. He's top five in the field in that. That at $6,200, like, there's probably not a huge discrepancy between, like, Scheffler has the potential to win this tournament. So that's one thing. But if I can save the money there, I can get up all the way to, like, Bubba if I want to. So I might end up doing that. We now make our one-and-done picks. 
Paul, do you want to run through the standings? Yep, pretty, said, uh, yeah. pretty uneventful week for the four of us. Tractor, too bad he's not here to brag about this, but he was the top finisher last week with a T32 from Dustin Johnson. Wow. Oh, yeah, so he's not what you want out of DJ. He's well, no, so he's gone Rom DJ the last two weeks. T9, T32. And the T9's okay from Rom, but like I said, you're looking for a, a win or a top five if you're taking somebody like him at Phoenix and not saving him for a major. But and then uh, the only other made cut, Rhino had Paul Casey, T64. Ooh, and then, I, uh, I would like to announce that I am officially the Englishman cooler. You might need to get me out to Wisconsin on Monday for the Ryder Cup. Because <laughs> between Matthew Fitzpatrick, Justin fucking Rose, and then Paul Casey, these guys, they should they should stay in bed on Sundays. <laughs> well, single is nightmare. a problem for the U.S. That's true. Pat, what do you, what do you like for strategy in one-and-dones? You you play in the mega one-and-done, right? What do, you, what do you like doing in uh, this week where you've just got a million guys? you like to punt or you like to go for, go for a W? I mean, you should be going for a W every week. That That's really the name of the game. It doesn't matter if you win the American Express or this tournament or the Masters. Like You need to get wins or you cannot win. And I think that people really overanalyze this. They get far too tricky. Like There's, what, 38 tournaments? So you have 38 players you have to use. Why are you using the... 500th ranked player in the world. That makes no sense to me ever. Right. So sure. my, my thinking on at the beginning of the year typically is that a lot of those guys that let's say one through 30, they're going to get hot and you kind of know when they're going to have a good stretch on it. Right now, there's not a lot of, you know, history leading up to this recent form leading up to these weeks to really go, yep, this is my guy. And then you also have the instances where you know that DJ is going to play in some event where it's him and the next best player in the field is going to be the 30th ranked player in the world. So while I might not save him for a major, I may try to hold on to DJ for that week where it's him and a bunch of trash. Well, I mean, if it's I mean, if that was the case, then you should have used DJ last week when it was DJ basically versus a bunch of trash. And, and Tractor did, and he got a lovely 36, did you say? 32nd. Yeah, to round it out, Moose, yeah. you missed the cut with GMAC. And then I missed my fourth cut out of five tournaments, thanks to uh, Brant Snedeker. All he did was par 18 on Saturday to make the cut, and he proceeded to make double. So, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're just Ugh. loving life. But anyway, Tractor, uh, sorry, Moose is in first place. This is still why we're point. not a pick show. Yeah, Moose leading at 1.56 million. Uh, Rhino in second, 979,000. Tractor in third, six hundred ninety-two thousand, and I am bringing up the rear, thirty-four thousand bucks. Big T thirty-seven from Ricky is the best finish of the year so far. So, with that said, I still get to pick first. Yep. And so, just clarifying for people who don't play one and done, you get to pick one player each week. Once you use them, you can never use them again. The scoring is whatever they earn for a paycheck that week. Whatever their earnings are, that's your point. So that's where those million dollars or fifteen million or. 1.5 million is coming from. Paul, you're up first with the pick. Okay, so I was kind of eyeing this guy up and then, you know, having Pat on the show, he's very high on this guy already. And he, I can quote him about 15 minutes ago, said, Bubba's probably going to win. So <laughs> I'm going to take Bubba. So then I can just blame Pat if my pick sucks this week. So Bubba Watson okay. for me this week. This feels like a missed cut. <laughs> so you, you obviously haven't listened to Pat's show very much then. So yeah. well, that, that was the best line you had, Pat, after you got the awards. Is oh, I mean, I get paid to write. I don't get paid to make picks. So it, it's my it's my writing prowess to go through. However, I am the Bubba Whisperer, so this does help. Oh, that's that is correct. Yes. Hey, you said, I'm glad it was for the quality of my writing and not the quality of my picks, I believe. So, well played. And right, so, Pat's taking over for Rhino this week? For Tracker? Or for, for Tracker, I'm yes. still here. Yeah. 
So Tractor is up next, so Paddle Pick. So Pat, Tractor this year has taken Webb Simpson, Kevin Kisner, Hideki Matsuyama, John Rahm, and Dustin Johnson. So those five are off the board. Oh, well, so I can just kind of throw a wrench into his entire season? Do it. He couldn't even remember who he picked last week when we reviewed it. So, and we can't take the same guys, correct? Correct. Right, so you can't take Bubba either. All right, let's go with Patrick Cantlay. Oh, damn it. Nice, okay. So I think Tractor's taken in six weeks now. He's got three top ten guys gone, I think. But to Pat's point, yep, I see what you're saying. You want to win. But back to my point of, like, so I will see this happen so much every single year. Like, by the time the FedEx Cup playoffs come around, you always get your, like, Billy Horschel or Chris Kirk or one of these jabronis who just gets hot at the end of the year, and you just kind of ride those guys. Like, those guys are always available. You don't run out of the good guys. I agree with you. I suppose it depends on your league structure, because I'm in one where, you know, majors were double, so... Yeah, well, I mean, you just play in better leagues, then solves all your problems. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We, uh, and and you know what, that's the other thing, too, is we have a relatively small one. I think if you're playing in the mega ones, too, you gotta be a lot more aggressive than... Yeah, you can't fall behind. Have we established what the winner gets and the loser has to do? No, no penalty for losing. I think we'll discuss this with a bunch of people at the DFS Open. Fair <laughs> enough. We'll see if we can get some group group minds together. Speaking of all which, right. all of us will be there. Pat, you're going to be there with Feinberg, correct? I am, yeah. Man, Max Hama, the more I look at it, I mean, I don't want to take him for one and done. Looks really good this week. Is, is that another amendment to your lineup? <laughs> Might have to. <laughs> I was eyeing him up as well. Um, he's been hot too lately. Yeah, uh, Rhino's up. <laughs> I got it between two guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a step back though. I'm not gonna go with. Should I tell? I was thinking DJ, but I'm not gonna go DJ. I'm gonna go with Xander T9 T15. I think it's gonna be a little bit firm. Stay away from the Englishman. <laughs> yeah, forever. <laughs> and then I'm gonna go since Patrick took my Cantley play. I'm gonna go with Justin Rose. I got no go for real it. good logic. Just that's what I'm doing. Justin Rose, very Andercurse this week, if that's something you pay attention to. No, I think I'll stick with it. He did He did totally screw over 1917, though, yesterday. You do, I mean, yes and no. I had a I had a decent amount of money on Parasite 4-1 to one to win, so I appreciated that. Well, right, yes, but I would say he screwed over 1917. It was basically Anderson put out, it's going to win. It's basically guaranteed money. No, no, not basically. It's free money, is what it's Oh, free money. Okay, oh. that's what it was. Kiss of death. Yeah, I love 1917. Did you see it, too? Not to deviate too much, but did you see that as well? I saw it. It it's, was like fifth fifth or sixth of the best pitcher nominees. It's all one continuous shot, right? Yeah, it's, it's cut to look that way, yeah. This week, Paul and Rhino take on Mayo and the Moose in Fantasy Nassau. Pat, you know how Fantasy Nassau works? I don't. Can you explain it to me? So... You're not much of a golfer, but have you ever played NASA on the golf course? No, I just drink. Okay, so you know how match play works, right? No, never heard of it. Okay, so each hole, you got four guys on the... if you, Well, four ball match play. Each hole, you got four guys on a hole, and whoever has the lowest score wins the point for that hole. Whoever gets the most point wins the match. Well, with NASA, there's three points. There's a match on the front nine, match on the back nine, and a match for the total. Three points. And you have four rounds. You following? Yep. Okay. So that's how it works. Uh, we've been kind of doing this each week. We switch up our teams. This week, you're going to be my partner, so this will be fun. This is just kind of another way that we can kind of make some picks without actually making picks and have a little bit of fun and trash talking. Yeah. 
And Tracker uh, is very proud of his record, so he is big murdering us. Yeah, so a lot of pressure on you this week. Yeah. So current currently the standings are Tractor's got 40 points, Paul has 23 points, I have 22 points, and Rhino has 17. So again, each week there's a total of 12 points available, three points for each match, and four rounds. And and also we cannot take somebody that got taken in this week's one and done. Oh, okay. Very- so Bubba, Shoffley, Rose, and Cantley are off the board. So Moose, you want to flip a T? Yeah. See who picks first? You know, you don't actually have to flip a T. You can just randomly say something. <laughs> People will think that you've flipped a T. Trust me, I know this stuff. Fair is fair. I don't want to give away any secret sauce, but I like flipping the T for the sound effect, and then I just pick who who goes first, regardless of how it goes. <laughs> I heard it. Yep. And it's us, Pat, that get the first pick this oh, week. Oh, weird. So, so this is where we got to act like we're like kind of playing golf, and we want to figure out who do you think should take this first pick, Pat. You want well, to go? Do, like I feel like we, you're kind of. Do very... we pick? Do we pick first and second, or do we pick first and third? How first and third. First and third. First and third. Oh yes, it's a snake here. So yep. So so we get first pick, and then we get third pick. Do you want? Well, that, do you want to pick? That's not snaking at all. No, I guess not. It's just alternate. Snake would be going back around afterwards, right? So I, I think that we should, if we're going to actually play a team here, and there's like guys who always play well at the same tournaments, like Kevin Chapel and Jason Day and Justin Rose are all kind of linked up. They tend to play well at the same tournament. Stenson and Rose, I know Stenson's not here, but just randomly you always see the, both their names if they're in a tournament and they're both playing well, they tend to both play well. I have two guys here that I think that we should go with, but you need to pick the one first. Mm. And, and apparently there is no table talk. Oh. <laughs> There's no table yeah. talk. All right, then Moose, yeah. you just pick first. Go ahead. Okay, well, so, you know what? I'm going to go with JT, who was second here last year, T9 year before. Guy's going to win three more times, according to Rhino. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing that wasn't one of your uh, your picks on the course history, Pat. Uh, that That's not – they weren't the two that I was going for, but I mean – Well, I only mentioned one, so – Yeah, no, I mean, listen, you can't go wrong with Justin <laughs> Thomas. He's like the – he's probably the best player in the field coming in, depending on how you feel about Rory's putter. Well, it's our pick next. I am definitely letting Rhino go first because we're Good. partners at the Farmers. Yeah. You bent me over with Tiger Woods. For three straight weeks, all I've heard about is how I picked first, and then he didn't get to pick Tiger. Let's be honest. Let's call a spade a spade. You derailed my season. (laughs) We did lose 11 and nothing that week. So (laughs) thanks to your guy, Justin Rose, for now. It's been all downhill. Well, your guy missed the cut, too. No, I know. So it could have been you and I out there. but Yeah, we did um, push one nine that week somewhere. But yeah, so you go ahead. You're welcome. Uh, You know, I'm going to go with a guy... That I don't think Paul would take this guy. That's why I'm taking this guy, John Rom. Shit, that was my guy. I knew Pay Mayo would take him though. <laughs> now, this is where you go, Nate Lashley. Drive tractor into the no! into the no! freaking. I need I need ocean. the points too. I need the points too. Say so we. Uh, so you have Justin Thomas Moose. I'll just I'll just take yeah. Rory. Oh. Tractor will be pleased with that too. So, Paul, you know what to do here now. You, I think I do. You know what to do here. Okay. Gonna redeem myself, partner. Tiger Woods. Oh! Oh! I was gonna say DJ. Yeah. <laughs> okay. oh. DJ was the answer. That's fine. I, that's DJ. Now I get to root for. No, no, no. For, I will say, some reason I had in my head that DJ was off the board, but I, I still want Tiger. By the way, D, DJ okay. and Rom are the two guys that always play well at the same tournaments. Oh! I was not, I was not aware. The Irish. Open. I just. 
Yeah. They have a lot they have a lot of like one one, two, three, four, or five finishes in the same tournament. See, that's where I thought my partner was gonna kill me again if I didn't take Tiger. So no, no I'm cool with Tiger. That's fine. He could miss <laughs> cut. There, there's no doubt about it. But well we gotta get wrapping this up here. But I do wanna say I owe Paul kind of an apology, Paul and uh who was your partner last week, Paul? Or was it Oh yeah, I was Rhino's partner, so you were a tractor, but like when you guys yeah. Major picks. I thought you guys were done for. I was like, "That's yeah, miss." Yeah, you guys went yeah. Phil and JB, and I was like, <laughs> "For us to go seven to two, and we got with Phil and JB Holmes." Oh. Yeah. So I, I've been on, I've been on super dad duty. So I, I watched a lot of Frozen yesterday. I had a couple of head to head bets going on, including Fitzpatrick versus uh, Kucher for like the fourth day in a row. And uh, so you know, the beauty of Pebble is you have the ability to look at every single shot hit. I've never seen such a clown in my life. <laughs> Couldn't get up and down. He was making like doubles from like just off the green. He was three putting from eight feet. I got no time for that guy. I'm over Englishman. <laughs> I won't I won't pick another Englishman for the rest of the year. Looking at you, oh, Yeah, it was brutal. Oh, better hope Ian Poulter doesn't get hot. <laughs> okay. Is Matt well, Wallace English? Pat, can't thank you enough to, for having you on the show here this week, filling in for Tractor, who, by the way, is in Disneyland right now. And I think it's hilarious that the happiest place on Earth currently has the most miserable man on Earth. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's there with his kids, right? One kid Yes, and yes, yeah. he is. Okay. Yep. Some, people go, some, some people go to Disneyland that don't have kids. It weirds me out. I think he's at Disney World. He's oh, at Disney World. Yeah, he's in Florida, yeah. I know a couple that lives on the East Coast, like Northeast Coast. I think it's Boston-ish, but they go to Disney World by themselves every year for the for their anniversary. Why? Is that not serial killer like stuff right there? <laughs> well, maybe yeah, like creepy. Yeah, maybe like one time. But yeah. every year? Every year for like 30 years. Like if you were going to do that, why wouldn't you just go to like Bush Gardens instead and go get wasted? They like that. There's like adult land or it's like some place where they have all kinds of bars in there. I, I talked to Tractor about this. Apparently that's closed. Oh, it is. Yeah. Pleasure Island. Yeah, it's gone. <laughs> I think it's been gone for like five, six years. I have a, not a great Disney mind, but I can only what? imagine the misery that, that he's in right now. Probably having the time of his life. His kid's loving it and he's just Eeyore in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, again, Pat, can't thank you enough. Uh, you probably spat out more serious content than we will in the next six months. Really appreciate it. Hope to have you back sometime soon. Again, congratulations on all your awards and uh, keep slanging some Fantasy National. I'm glad you actually brought it up because I forgot to bring it up on my show today. So I'm glad someone's going to know. Okay. That's that's unlike you. What, to brag, we, about my, to brag about my awards? Oh, I thought you were talking Fantasy National. No, come on now. I'm, I'm the biggest shill there is. Well, that's about it for us here this week. Can't thank Pat Mayo enough for coming on to this show and filling in for Tractor. Be sure to subscribe to us on your favorite Twitter machine. That's Nice Shot Pods. Become a member at FantasyNational.com slash pods and save 20%. Good luck on your lineups this week, and we will see you next time.